0: following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Hoare, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, September 11th, 2022, on the basis of Philemon, verses 7 through 21. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. There is a verse in the Bible that says, all scripture is God-breathed, and is useful. In other words, the claim is that every single book, every single chapter, every single verse, in fact, every single word found in the Bible, first of all, came from God, and second of all, is useful for us. For example, when one of your slaves, you know, those human beings that you own as property, when one of those slaves runs away, And a dear Christian friend in a faraway city just so happens to find that slave. And when that dear Christian friend sends that slave back to you, but sends him with a message, a message encouraging you to set him free, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful, including in situations like that. Well, is it fair to say that none of you have ever or will ever go through a situation, anything remotely close to that. And if that is the case, then maybe it at least calls us to call into question whether that claim that the entire Bible is useful also includes this book of the Bible that we call Philemon. This often forgotten book of the New Testament is so short that it isn't even divided up into chapters. In fact, it consists of just 335 words. Just for reference, this sermon will have seven times that many. And yes, this book was written by the Apostle Paul and lots of the books that made it into the Bible are written by Paul. But it was also written just to one specific individual, about one specific situation, a situation that very few Christians in the entire history of the world can even relate to, none of whom are sitting in this room right now. And so as we think about this book called Philemon, we might be tempted to ask what I'm guessing you've heard your kids ask a time or two about things like algebra or Shakespeare or diagramming sentences. When are we ever going to use this? In fact, maybe we might wonder why a book like Philemon belongs in the Bible in the first place. And perhaps for starters, we can say that maybe that's kind of the point. As we think about the harsh and sharp words that our Savior Jesus has for us today, where Jesus tells anyone who is interested in following him that they must count the cost and they will carry Across, we might be tempted to think that for every Christian that looks exactly the same. Sort of like walking into a store and picking up an item off the shelf to purchase it. There is a set price on that item, it costs the same no matter who buys it. So perhaps the book of Philemon is useful, if for no other reason than it illustrates that just the opposite is true that the cost that you will pay as a Christian is unique. And the cross that you will carry as a Christian is custom fit. Those are valuable lessons. But if that's all we could learn from the book of Philemon, then that would be all there is to say. But there's lots more to say. Wonderful, beautiful, eye-opening, life-changing lessons that are found in this very short and often forgotten book of the New Testament lessons that give us a wonderful answer to that question that we like to ask from the time that we are young. So, when will you use what you learn from Philemon? It shouldn't surprise us that there is a very good answer to that question because usefulness is really the topic of the entire book. As I mentioned, this short book was written by the Apostle Paul. It was written to A man by the name of Philemon, and Philemon was the owner of a slave by the name of Onesimus. Actually, that might have been not so much his name as it was his title. That word Onesimus means useful. And that's how people viewed slaves in the ancient world their value was based on their usefulness, they got things done. They were animated tools, as one historian put it. A broom, a hammer, a plow that could also walk and talk. And so it seems Onesimus was, in fact, useful to his master Philemon, at least until he ran away and probably pocketed a whole bunch of Philemon's cash on his way out the door. Then Onesimus became useless to his master Philemon. And in fact, even more than that, Onesimus became worthy of punishment. In the ancient world, if a runaway slave was caught, they were often put to death. In fact, they were often crucified. If a master wanted to welcome a slave back and put him to work once again, they would very often tattoo or even brand the letters F-U-G across their forehead. Those slaves would be permanently marked as fugitives, just in case they ever thought they should try to escape again. Of course, Onesimus hoped that none of that was going to happen to him. And so he went to this faraway city called Rome, a big city, in fact, where he could just blend in with the rest of the population, never to be seen or heard from again. But in the city of Rome, he ran across this religious preacher by the name of Paul. And so Paul shared with Onesimus the gospel of Jesus Christ the way that Paul would do with anyone that he met. But Paul just so happened to also know Onesimus' former master, Philemon. And so Paul wanted to take this situation and somehow make it right. So he decided to send Onesimus back to Philemon. Not so that Philemon could put him to work once again, like he could have, Not so that Philemon could punish him, like he could have, but so that Philemon could cancel his debt, so that Philemon could set him free. And in fact, Paul actually wanted Philemon to send Onesimus back to Rome so that he could continue to be of assistance to Paul. Why? Well, because the gospel of Jesus Christ had completely redefined the relationship between Philemon and And Onesimus. Formerly, they were a slave and his owner, one whose value was defined by his usefulness to the other. But now, as a result of the gospel, they were equals. They were brothers in the same family and they were partners in the same work. But that meant there was a cost that needed to be paid. It meant that Philemon needed to willingly forfeit the value, the usefulness that he could have otherwise gained from this slave. So when will you use what you learn from Philemon? Use it in order to understand that cost is always included in the life that you have with Jesus Christ. No, we don't own slaves anymore. We don't own human beings as if they are property and of course we can be very thankful for that. But we are still very good at defining and at basing people's value on their usefulness. We judge our own value based on our usefulness, the amount of wealth, the amount of intellect, the amount of power and influence that we have. And then we judge others by their usefulness. How their wealth, their power, their influence, their intellect can benefit us. But evaluating and defining people on the basis of their usefulness comes to an end the moment that life in Christ begins. Once we are in Christ, we are equals. We are siblings in the same family. We are partners in the very same work. And yes, that sounds very nice and wonderful and it is, but it also means that there will always be a cost that is included. For example, it means that we take the value that we normally have in the relationships that exist in the rest of our life and that value just evaporates into thin air within the family of Christ. It means that the value that we see in others that so often determines how much we are willing to invest in them is not the basis for whether we invest In people within the family of Christ. Within the family of Christ, the entry level employee, first day on the job, and the CEO of the company are on exactly the same level. Within the family of Christ, the 90 year old lady who is in the nursing home and the 30 year old mom who has four children and the infant that she is carrying in her arms all have exactly the same worth. In the family of Christ, that person that you just click with is no more worth your time, your energy, and investment than that person that you don't understand, that you don't see eye to eye with, and that frankly just gets on your nerves. Within the family of Christ, every single relationship is completely redefined, which means that there will always be a cost included. So who do you suppose should pay that cost? Well, as we look at the book of Philemon, the answer would seem to be pretty obvious, right? Paul is asking Philemon to be the one to pay that cost. And yet perhaps what makes the book of Philemon even more useful is what it says about who is going to pay the cost in the event that Philemon won't. Here's what Paul says. If Onesimus has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back. Paul is signing on the bottom line. Paul is being as serious and perhaps even as legally binding as he possibly can be. If Philemon is unwilling to pay the cost of setting Onesimus free, Paul will pay it himself. You know, as much as we might be tempted To wonder why a book like this is even in the Bible in the first place, we could just as easily ask why a different book isn't in the Bible. I'm talking about the book that completely condemns the institution of slavery as a whole. I'm talking about the book where Paul gets out his pen and he writes to his senator demanding that he vote to abolish slavery. I'm talking about the book where Paul calls on Christians all over the world to hit the streets in protest, to storm their social media platforms, to demand justice and reform. That book isn't in the Bible because, so far as we know, that book doesn't exist. Instead, this book is in the Bible. Why? I suppose a lot of different answers could be given. I'll propose just one. By dealing with just this one specific situation, with this one specific slave owner, Paul was able to address an injustice where he himself could pay the cost entirely. So when will you use what you learn from Philemon? Use it to understand who is going to pay the cost that comes from life with Jesus. And it's completely understandable why we would need to be reminded of that, why we would need that clarification because especially in our world, anytime we see injustice, anytime we see someone oppressing and someone else oppressed, someone exploiting and someone else exploited, anytime we see a wrong that needs to be righted, our natural instinct is, is to figure out who else we can make pay the price needed to fix it. Or how maybe we might spread that cost across society as a whole so that everyone pays just a little bit, but nobody pays too much. That all sounds good in theory. But it also might be the very reason why we completely overlook the specific individual situations that God has placed in our lives, opportunities that we have to do real good for real people. Why? Because if we were to address those situations, it would mean that the cost, the price that needs to be paid, falls entirely to us. So maybe the question isn't so much why is this book in the Bible or what can we learn, when will we use what we can learn from Philemon. Maybe the better question is, do we even want to? Life with Christ always includes a cost, and that is a cost that we, individually, each of us, need to be willing to pay. That doesn't sound like much of a deal. And that's why, as Paul gives this encouragement to Philemon, he sort of slips in a a little bit of a reminder. As he's encouraging Philemon to set Onesimus free, he throws in this comment almost as, as sort of like a side remark. He says, not to mention, Philemon, that you owe me your very self. Paul isn't reminiscing about the time that he spotted Philemon a 20 or he paid for their bill at a restaurant. No, Paul is reminding Philemon that he had also preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to him. That very same gospel that had completely redefined Philemon's relationship with his slave Onesimus had also completely redefined Philemon's balance sheet. Philemon had a debt of sin that had been completely canceled in Christ. Philemon had an inheritance in heaven that was now his possession in Christ. Yes, what Paul was asking him to pay a very steep price in his life with Jesus, but he also reminded him that he had every resource at his disposal in order to pay that price. So when will you use what you learn from Philemon. Use it to remember how that cost that comes with life with Jesus is going to be paid. Maybe you've had it happen to you where you get a bill in the mail. Maybe it's a a medical bill or a tuition bill or a car repair bill. And as you look at the amount on that bill, you then look at the amount that is in your checking account and you realize that you don't have the resources at your disposal that are needed to pay that bill. That will never happen within the family of Christ. Even though we deserve for our balance to be negative infinity, an unpayable debt because of our sin, our balance instead is a positive infinity. Our debt, too, has been canceled. And all of our depleted funds have been completely replenished through everything that our Savior Jesus one for us with his life, his death, and his resurrection. And so, friends, as a result, we can be like that person who sits down at a poker table and continues to put out gigantic bets on terrible hands of cards. We can invest obscene amounts of our time and our energy and our resources in relationships that will never return to us the value of what we put in, Why? Because as Christians, as members of the family of Christ, we are always playing with house money. Christ has stacked up the riches that are at our disposal so high that we could never possibly spend them down. And those riches give us everything that we need to pay whatever cost might be required of us. So what do you think will happen when we do that's a question that the book of Philemon sort of begs us to ask. What happened? What did Philemon do with Onesimus? The book itself doesn't actually tell us. But history tells us that about 50 years after Paul wrote this letter to Onesimus, or I'm sorry, to Philemon, there was another letter that one very important person in the Christian church wrote to another very important person in the Christian church. That letter was written. To someone who was the bishop, the, the head of the Christian church in Ephesus, and that bishop's name was Onesimus. It seems that this slave eventually went on to become a very influential, very important person in the Christian church. In fact, that might be the very reason why, when it came time to collect all of the writings of the Apostle Paul that made their way into what we call the Bible, this short little 335-word letter made it in. Now, we don't actually know for sure, with 100% certainty, whether Onesimus, the bishop of Ephesus, was also Onesimus, Onesimus, the former slave of Philemon, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because things like that happened all the time, all across the Roman Empire. Paul never wrote his senator. Paul never called on Christians to join in protest and demand reform. The gospel of Jesus Christ never made it illegal for someone to own another human being as property. Instead, the gospel of Jesus Christ created a world where fewer and fewer people wanted to. Without a single piece of legislation, without an army, Without any special interest funds, the family of Christ was able to turn the world completely upside down. So when will you use what you learned from Philemon? Use it to imagine what Christ can do when even just one of us is willing to pay the cost of life with him. It is so very easy for us to think that bigger and better change in our world can happen in capital buildings or when we use the strategies that the world around us wants to use to bring about change. And without even saying that, that a difference can't be made or change can't happen in those places and with those tools, perhaps at times we lack imagination. We lack the imagination that a little book like Philemon can provide, the imagination of just how much Jesus can do when one Christian is willing to pay the cost. So when will you use what you learned from Philemon? I suppose we should end exactly where we started. I don't know. And maybe that's part of the point. I'm guessing you won't go running to it when a dear Christian friend sends you a text message to encourage you to set a slave of yours free. The cost that you are required to pay will be unique and the cross that you are asked to carry will be custom fit. But when we see what Jesus can do, when just one Christian is willing to pay that cost or carry that cross, then for sure we can say this, when will you use what you learned from Philemon? The sooner the better. Amen.